0: great thing about this all this whole thing is no other career would ever really care that much about it but how many seasons in professional sports literally come down to one game so I always tell teams look i think if you pay attention to your sleep it'll buy you two three four five wins over a season
1: welcome to the sports business radio podcast i'm your host brian berger you can find the Sports Business Radio podcast 15 years, over 600 episodes featuring conversations with the biggest names in sports like David Stern, Pete Carroll, Chris Avert, Jeannie Buss, Michael Vick, Andre Iguodala, Mark Cuban, Tom Rinaldi, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, Lindsey Vaughn, Eric Spolstra, Aaron Rodgers, and Steve Nash on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the Sports Business Radio podcast on iTunes, and everyone who posts a review on iTunes will be eligible to be selected to join us in our studio audience at one of our Sports Business Radio roadshows presented by Boingo. And we're also on Spotify now, so you can find us there. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter, at SB Radio. We've been named a Top 50 Followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years, and on Instagram, at Sports Business Radio. This year marks the 100th anniversary of one of the most infamous events in American sports history, the Black Sox scandal. If you like the book or the movie Eight Men Out, hear the full story of the eight Chicago White Sox players who were banned from baseball for conspiring with gamblers to lose the 1919 World Series. New details have been uncovered that provide fresh insight into the scandal. So subscribe to the infamous America podcast from Black Barrel Media on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any player of your choice. The series is available right now. Well, thanks for joining us on this edition of Sports Business Radio. This is a show that I've wanted to do for quite some time now. Bear with me while I nerd out on sleep. (laughs) I have talked to so many athletes, even some coaches, who have told me about sleep experts becoming a part of Their everyday life. And you're seeing Major League Baseball teams, NBA teams, NHL teams, college teams bring in these sleep experts to help them with everything from, you know, how many days should we travel? They look at the schedule. You should stay overnight on this night. You should fly the next day. Here's how many hours sleep you need. Uh, The nap, the NBA is, you know, so famous for the NBA nap, but Griggs, uh, Brian Griggs joins me now in studio as always. This is just, I, I could nerd out on oh, yeah. sleep and I think it's a show that's going to relate to the everyday person. Even if you're not an elite athlete, you're going to pick up some tips today that are going to help you with your sleep and your rest.
2: Yes, for sure. I mean, you think about it, sleep is every single person in earth. Right. Has Everyone to sleep. sleeps. Yeah. So it, 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 affects, it affects everybody and he, this is a fascinating interview and, uh, you mentioned, Partly in the interview about analytics nowadays, everything's about numbers. Right. So of course sleep is too, and there's all these testing and thing. And he talks about some of the different things they're they're using now, and it's uh, it's fascinating. I mean, th- this is such a cool interview because you're talking science, but you're talking reality. You're talking something we can all relate to, so it's really cool. And everyone wants a competitive advantage, right? So if there's data there, and that's what
1: analytics is, and that's what sports teams are using so much now to try and gain any competitive edge they can on their opponent. This is another bunch of data that you can look at and say, if you get this much sleep, if you travel on these dates, if you eat this, if you drink this, if you wear this, this is going to help you with your sleep, your rest and recovery. It's all fascinating, but it's an area that I've wanted to dig into for quite some time. So I hope you enjoy today's interview with Dr. Chris Winter. Blinder is the way high performance teams connect their talent With the media and fans, it lets communications managers provide unprecedented access to their athletes, entertainers, and executives, while respecting everyone's privacy and time. Blinder makes phone calls magic. Request a demo today at blinderhq.com backslash sbradio. Joining us now on the Blinder guest line is Dr. Chris Winter, renowned sleep specialist and author of the book, The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep is Broken and How to Fix It. You can find him on Twitter, at Doc. I've been wanting to do this show for a long time, Chris. Thanks for joining me.
0: Hey, Matt. It's my pleasure, Brian. Thanks for having me.
1: So let's start with some basics for our audience who may not be elite athletes, but I know we have a lot of elite athletes and coaches who listen, to. In a typical night, how much sleep should someone be getting?
0: Uh, I would say enough, not to be coy or flip about it. Um you know, it, it's if we're using sort of an uh, athletic model, it's similar to the question, how much should we be eating? You know, it really depends. I'm not an elite athlete at all myself. I'm a clinician who deals with people's sleep problems all day long, so I'm often sitting and listening to people talk. Now, that's very different if you're, a, you know, an outfielder for the Los Angeles Dodgers or a you know, a, a young soccer player for the you know, United States Women's Soccer Team. So all of those individuals are going to need very different amounts of food or caloric intake. And sleep's no different. So, you know, you you know, always say enough. You can look at your parents and, you know, if mom's a cardiothoracic surgeon and, and dad's you know, some high-level lawyer and they don't, seem to require that much sleep well it's a genetic trait maybe you don't either or maybe when you're in season and training really hard you need a lot more sleep than you do and you're kind of taking it easy in the off season so you know we we talk about the number eight hours a lot Um, there's historic reasons for that that are not entirely accurate but it's a fine place to start Um, so sure let's all get eight hours and if you're telling me look Chris I get eight hours of sleep and I feel great then keep doing it. If you're feeling like, well I get in bed to get eight hours of sleep but it takes me an hour to fall asleep every night, well maybe you require seven, or if you're getting eight hours every night and still can't stay awake uh, to watch the season finale of Handmaid's Tale, then maybe you need a little bit more. So it really varies. So let's 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 leave your audience with the idea that it's as genetic as hair color and eye color. Everybody has different amounts that they need and it changes As we mature, so how much you need when you're a 30-year-old is very different from what you need when you're a 65-year-old potentially. So keep it fluid and and look for signs that your body's giving you that you might need more or you're seeking too much.
1: With athletes who exert lots of physical activity over the course of a day, whether it's at practice or whether it's in a game or sometimes even it's just travel. There's a lot of uh, grueling travel that they have. They obviously need more sleep. So do you bump that eight hours up? Or, Chris, I know a lot of my NBA friends, and I used to work for the Portland Trailblazers, the NBA nap is like a real thing. They are all addicted to their nap. So maybe you can sneak in a few hours on the plane or during the day, and you don't need those hours at night.
0: Yeah, so a lot to unpack there. I, yeah, we can start with the NBA nap, which is one of those things that when I first started working with elite athletes, you know, twelve, fifteen years ago, I would kind of fight a little bit. Um, as time has passed, I've kind of softened on that, uh, largely because this idea of sleep debt—can you make up for inadequate sleep with napping? There is some interesting research that says you can. So one of the things I always try to convince people of is don't think about it as, you know, I need seven hours a night. Think about it more that you need 49 hours a week. So if your flight back home to Portland from the East Coast gets delayed and you get in really late, but you got to get up early the next day, sure, taking a nap is a great way to sort of make up for that lost sleep. I think where people get into trouble with napping is, and one of the rules I always have for my patients is, napping is reserved for efficient sleepers and what I mean by that is if you're somebody who gets in bed at night and it takes you three hours to fall asleep you really shouldn't be napping during the day to make up for that because that's just going to continue to make it difficult for you to fall asleep it's like somebody gets frustrated they can't eat dinner at night and you realize they're having an entire pizza as a snack about an hour before dinner well of course your snack is interrupting your drive to eat your dinner so if you want to keep doing it, it's fine with me. But if you're frustrated that your dinner is getting ruined by that snack, maybe you should cut down on the snack and have a slice instead of an entire pie. So the NBA nap's kind of interesting. I mean, I think that the schedule grind is kind of difficult. So I always try to get people, if they're going to nap, try to do it earlier in the day if you can, because it tends to add to last night's sleep and not subtract from the upcoming night. And try to make it consistent. I mean, the whole thing about sleep and as it relates to our circadian rhythm is consistency. So consistent meal time, consistent exercise and consistent napping. Try to take that nap every day at about the same time and try to end the nap with light. So emerge from the place where you're taking a nap which should be nice and dark and quiet, get into the light, do some exercise eat something, get around people. This provides a great mechanism for your brain to sort of terminate the, the, the symptoms of the nap. A lot of guys who take long naps will tell you, after the nap I feel kind of groggy um, with that kind of sleep inertia. And So there's things you can do to kind of prevent that. So I don't have a big problem with a nap. You know, when you start sleeping three or four hours during the day, it is going to have an effect on your upcoming night so we try to counsel, you know, people on trying to get them to not sort of cut their sleep periods in half. Um, but, you know, again, that's one of those things that you're kind of banging your head against the wall if you're trying to fight it too hard. I've, I've found out. <laughs> so, yeah. And what's better than, you know, stretching out and taking a little nap during the day? But the other thing I always tell patients, too, is, and, and players – Don't treat resting as failed sleep. So a lot of guys lay down and take a nap and they can't fall asleep. They get upset. They get frustrated. And they say, well, I can't fall asleep, so I'm just going to stop. You know, simply lying down in a dark, quiet place with your eyes closed, take your shoes off, stretch out, and be still for 15, 20 minutes, meditate a little bit, is extremely restorative. So for teams that have these, you know, quote-unquote nap pods or sleeping rooms, I always try to get them to title it something different because if you call it a nap pod, if a player gets in there and can't fall asleep, he's going to feel or she's going to feel like she's failing in that quest to nap. So it really should be kind of a resting pod or a meditation pod. If you end up falling asleep, great. But if you don't, it's still very restorative to pay, to players.
1: Now, that's interesting. There's the whole psychology to that. I'm sure, like you said, a rest pod versus a nap pod. So they don't think that, oh, I've got to fall into a deep sleep. So there's something else that is unique to elite athletes, uh, especially NBA players, Major League Baseball players post game. So after the game, the athlete is hyped up. They're charged up. They just played in the game. Their adrenaline's rushing. And then they're also hungry. So I know athletes who after a game, A, they're going to go out and they might get a steak dinner. Or they're going to go get a big meal at the steakhouse. Or B, you know, they can't fall asleep. And either they go back to their hotel after the game and they're staying in that city and they can't go to sleep. Or they've gotten onto a private jet. They've traveled. They arrive in the next city at 3 a.m. and they get to the room and they can't fall asleep. How do you battle these things? What do you advise your clients?
0: So, in terms of the meal, you know, one of the things we try to do is with the NBA teams we work with, um, for certain games, depending on the location, the timing, try to have the meal catered at the facility, even if they're away, so that the player can come off the court, shower up, get dressed, and immediately eat. So they are eating earlier; they're having the opportunity to digest on their way back to the hotel or to the airport. Uh, So you want to get the meal into them as quickly as possible. It also allows you to control the content of the meal. Um, That way we're using foods that are more sleep-facilitating rather than, you know, chili-spiced, you know, uh, wings or chicken or something like that with uh, some sort of chocolate dessert and a cup of coffee, um, which is not going to work particularly well to help them wind down. Um, In terms of getting them to fall asleep, you know, we really kind of work to not use phrases like can't sleep and more that you might the timing of your sleep may not be you know perfect given the fact that you are kind of amped up from the game. So I do find that teams spend a lot of effort and this goes all the way down to like the you know little league. If you watch like a little league you know, basketball team before they head out on the court. What are they doing? Well, they, let's let's get together. And let's put our arms around each other. Let's jump up and down and scream and do our chant and get fired up. So we, we we teach young people from a very early age in sports, this concept of getting amped up and hyped up for the game. And then you watch the little league game end and they walk off with their juice boxes and a little bag of doritos but there's no effort to sort of help them kind of wind down it's like just go home now so as these you know these athletes mature it's interesting how little uh, effort is being used to help these individuals develop the skill of winding down and getting ready to rest quickly. So you can achieve that in a lot of different ways, you know, lighting, manipulation of the athlete's body temperature at the end of a game. Um, but to me, the biggest thing is working on training the athlete that your ability to mentally turn down that volume or that noise is a skill that's no different than hitting a curveball. You mean an athlete says, yeah, I'm a good ball player, but I can't hit a curveball. Well, that's not a genetic trait on chromosome 15, That that's a skill. Okay, we well can't hit a curveball. Let's take you out to the batting cage and put this little device, you know, turn it on that's throwing you endless curveballs. Let me teach you the art of recognizing the curveball out of the pitcher's hand and how to hit it. Um, and you can do the same thing with sleep. One of my favorite devices is this little product called Muse, which is not a sleep device. It's a little bio biofeedback head, headband that's pretty inexpensive that you can put on. It's Bluetooth with your phone, and it actually measures the frontal EEG electrical output of your brain, which is kind of where we keep stress and pre-executive planning, et cetera. It's where we kind of hold the noise. The player says, I can't turn my mind off at the end of a game. That's coming from the front part of your brain. And so this thing measures it and turns that signal into the sound of the ocean or a rainforest or a cityscape. So the athlete puts it on at some point, and works on quieting his mind, if he's successful or she's successful, the sound of the ocean immediately gets quieter. So you're getting this immediate real-time feedback of what you need to do to turn your brain off. So you actually start to develop this skill over time that allows you to very quickly close your eyes and do what's necessary to make your brain quiet, which either allows you to fall asleep much faster or Even if you're in bed in that lower mental state, there's a lot of research that says it's almost as restorative as sleep. So now the player goes from what the bigger problem is, a feeling of lack of control. And it's fearful. It's very anxiety-provoking to the athlete to know, oh, my God, I'm going to go to bed tonight. I've got to pitch tomorrow. I can't shut my mind off at night. Therefore, I will pitch poorly the next day and will not be able to keep my spot on this roster. It gives that player a sense of control. I need to get in bed and do those things I do to make that ocean sound quiet. So you don't put the headband on when you go to bed at night, but you've developed that skill over the last several weeks or months to be able to feel confident about your ability to shut your mind off at night. And it works. I mean, it's a, and once you start feeling confident about the situation, it even takes it to another level.
2: You're listening to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Dr. Chris Winter. We'll be right back after this. When it comes to stadiums and arenas, every sports
1: pro knows wireless wins. And when it comes to the best wireless technology for your venue, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., providing state-of-the-art Wi-Fi and cellular services that power amazing fan experiences. And Boingo makes keeping your stadium connected easy today and in the future. Thinking about 5G? Boingo's expert team helps you carry the ball through a complex technology landscape to deliver wireless solutions that will delight fans and deepen loyalty season after season. Here's another kicker. Boingo is simply the best connected experience for your business. With Boingo, stadiums and arenas enjoy unique operating efficiencies, revenue opportunities, and digital insights into their fan base. That's a win-win. Boingo works with major league sports venues like Soldier Field, Vivint Smart Home Arena, State Farm Arena, and university stadiums like University of Louisville and K-State. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports. If you would like more information on Boingo Wireless, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com.
2: Now, back to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Dr. Chris Winter. Another device that a lot of athletes I've spoken with have said they've started using is these
1: blue light glasses that, I guess, eliminate blue light and helps them calm down. Is that a real thing?
0: Absolutely. So, yeah, so I just got back from a, a college football team and, and gave a presentation and definitely the biggest you know kind of looking around moment grown moment was when i said look it's really important for you guys to have your phones like out in the kitchen somewhere in your apartment not plugged in immediately next to your ear and one guy literally raised his hand and in all seriousness, he was not joking he was like but i need to know if things are being said about me immediately wow yeah, so the guy literally sit, sleeps with his phone on his pillow because God forbid, you know, some armchair quarterback makes some comment about that guy being a bum and he can't block, you know, the blind side properly, you know, that, that that that's meaningful to him and he wants to know about it and address it right away. So, I mean that the stress that goes along with that, not to mention every little bell and whistle that goes off in the night announcing you the arrival of your new bed bath and beyond coupon <laughs> he immediately feels like He immediately feels like it's something being said about him. And at one point, um, he said, "I tried turning off all the volume." He said, "But that was worse." He goes, "Because I knew that the texts and Twitter messages and Snapchats were accumulating. I just wasn't hearing them." And I was told by a professional football player one time who did not think he was going to make the, the final roster that the reason for it was because of his cell phone. I said, well, tell me more about that. He goes, I'm addicted to it. He goes, I come home, I will stick it in a drawer to get away from it. He goes, an hour later, Dr. Winter, I'm literally sitting on my couch with it in my hand, and I don't know how it got there. Wow. I mean, that, as a, I'm a neurologist by training. That is serious brain chemical addiction right there. I mean, that, that's the kind of thing you'd hear from a heroin addict. I right. you know, Suddenly, I'm behind pizza, buying heroin. No, no offense to pizza. I'm sure they're a perfectly fine company, but back in my hometown, that's where you bought the drugs, right? So he, he didn't know how he got there. You know, so anyway... Um, diversion uh, a little bit there. But so to me, it's really about allowing these people to understand that, yeah, get your phone out. But if you have to be on your phone, or the bigger people that I see the problems with are the coaches, that after the game, they're immediately breaking down and analyzing film. So they've got to be in their hotel room or on the bus or on the plane with a laptop, you know, 12 inches from their eyes. So those blue blocker glasses are fantastic. Um, as long as they work and uh, there's a lot of products out there that say they block that light that don't and there's easy little devices that you can get to make sure your product works Um, and even you know the computer screens and the phone settings that allow you to turn down both the intensity of the light and also the color saturation of the light those things can help a lot too but there's a lot of science behind those things as well. The flip side is you can use that light that blue-green light To help you feel more awake, there's a company called Pocket Sky. There's a company called Retimer to make these little goggles that have a lot of blue-green light in them to help you wake up before when you wake up in the morning or after you take a nap. They're a great thing to pop on your face for 15 to 20 minutes to help shake off the effects of that nap.
1: So in the last 10 years, I know that a number of teams, College and Pro, have hired people like yourself to come in and help the athletes not only sleep better, but one of the things that is really interesting to me is I've heard that they'll bring someone like you in and say, okay, here's our schedule for the year. And again, NBA and Major League Baseball have very long schedules. Football, not as much. NHL, pretty long too. Are you sitting down with the coach or the trainer or someone with the team and saying, okay, Here's the schedule. We're (laughs) mapping out when you travel, because I've heard it gets down to that level of detail where you're saying stay in the city that night after the game, sleep in your bed in the hotel, travel the next day, or fly out after the game, get in at three in the morning and get more rest and don't have practice. Are you getting down to that level of minutiae where you're talking to the teams about when they should travel and when they should practice?
0: Oh, yes, and it goes a lot. I mean, so this is how I got them. Basically, many, many years ago, I I, I thought, well, certainly travel schedules and sleep are affecting performance. And that was back in the year when the the Nationals were the Expos, and they were playing half their games, and I think Puerto Rico. And I thought, well, what a great... Season to kind of investigate this because Major League Baseball is being played over five time zones instead of four. So that's how it all got started. And I got hooked up with the San Francisco Giants and started working with them. And that's exactly what we would do when they made it to the playoffs um, uh, back in 2010. You know, I said, You've got a real advantage being a West Coast team given who you're playing. And so we kind of mapped out here's when you should travel, here's when you should eat your meals, here's where I would exercise your players expose them to light, keep them out of the light, et cetera. Um, and it, it works. I mean, it always works. I mean, these things are pretty predictable um, if if you if you manipulate them correctly. And some teams are sitting on real advantages based upon where they are geographically or how a playoff series kind of stacks up. But we've done all kinds of crazy things, like uh, NCAA kind of March Madness teams that play really late at night. You know, we'll say, well, why don't you, you know, a couple nights before, get your players together at 10 o'clock at night and have a halo tournament or something where your guys are awake, they're doing something stressful with light in their face at a time that's going to help them feel more awake during your game you're playing out in, you know, the the, the, the West region, you know, opening round. Or we had one team um, have a little kind of wiffle uh, ball tournament in a, uh, hotel conference you know, center or whatever just to keep them active and moving around late at night when they're not used to it. Um, some teams will actually go through and characterize their roster as being night-oriented or morning-oriented. This is a variable just like sleep amount we were talking about. So let's treat your night-oriented players differently when they fly across the country than your day-oriented players. This is the reason why, this is my own theory, that the Chicago Cubs are always this weird enigma. They had this strange schedule because they didn't have lights in their stadium. And even though they have them now, they still play a lot of day games. And I think that's the reason why for many years, players on the Cubs would not be that great. They get traded to a different team and all of a sudden they'd be awesome. Hmm. Or vice versa, some awesome player would get traded to the Cubs and not do so well. I always feel like it was because of the manipulation of their, what we call chronotype. So, Yes, we do all those kinds of things. In fact, I was just with an NBA team a couple of days ago going through their season literally game by game and talking to them about ways they could kind of, you know, manipulate things to their advantage because the great thing about this all this whole thing is no other career would ever really care that much about it, but how many seasons in professional sports literally come down to one game. So I always tell teams, look, I think if you pay attention to your sleep, it'll buy you two, three, four, five wins over a season. I mean, to say it's going to put you in, you know, the World Series is crazy, although three of my teams over the last three years have been in the World Series. So, I mean, I think it matters. It's pretty good. Um, Yeah, it's pretty good. We've lost everyone, you know, but, you know, at least we were there, right? Uh, So you can't win them all. But I think that when you're paying attention to all these things, you know, maybe manipulation of sleep variables gets you a couple wins. You make your – You know, equipment a little bit better. You make your coaching a little bit better. You make your travel a little bit better. I mean, all these things like the British cycling, you know, theory of incremental gain, you know, every marginal gains. You make everything 1% better. If you do it a 100 times, you're a 100% better team. So I think that that's kind of where we're at with these things. But yes, we do get into a lot of detail with travel and schedules and what side of the hotel to sleep on, where the sun rises or the sun sets. Wow. (laughs)
1: What side of the hotel to sleep on? Really? You're, Absolutely. You're down to that Absolutely. level I, of detail. I do that
0: personally. Uh, so my favorite travel tip is travel with uh, with duct tape. So when you get to the hotel, there's a bunch of light shining underneath your door. There's your duct tape. You can't get the curtain to close all the way. Duct tape. You can't get the microwave light to stop flashing a piece of duct tape over it. So that, that's my favorite travel tip.
1: Duct tape solves all. So
0: uh, you bet it does.
1: With the changing time zones, you just mentioned that there are some teams because of their time zone that have advantages. Does it vary? Or, like, I'm a West Coaster my whole life. So I'm used to the West Coast. I'm used to this time zone. If I go East, obviously it's going to take me longer to fall asleep because I'm used to being on the West Coast. As an athlete, is there a part of the country that has a built-in advantage because of sleep?
0: I don't think so. I mean, you could maybe make the argument that if you're sitting in the middle of the country, you you might have an advantage um, just because you're never moving that many time zones from where you are. I I think if, if... you're handling your I remember one time an NFL team I read about I was not working with them decided to play their entire season on their own time zone meaning that when they flew somewhere nobody changes their watches they just pretend like they're continuing to be on the time zone where they're at which I thought hmm. yeah 50% of the time it's a very smart thing to do 50% of the time that's actually hurting you you know sometimes we want that that change or that adaptation but yeah I mean I think if you're a west coast person when, you, when West Coast teams fly east, if they're not making acclimation sort of adjustments, it's tough for most athletes. It's sort of, you know, biologically, it's a lot easier to postpone dinner than it is to eat early. I mean, when you don't feel hungry, there's not a lot we can do to make ourselves feel hungry. When we feel hungry... It's not as hard to sort of postpone that. Yeah, it's not fun to be hungry for an extra hour or two, but to delay dinner is not that big a deal. It's very difficult if you're saying, look, you have to eat now or you're not going to be able to eat. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm just not hungry for dinner at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, so not much I can do about that, which is why when we fly east and it's 11 o'clock, it's time to go to bed, and you don't feel sleepy. There's not a lot you can do about that, and that's why a lot of teams, you know, the, the, the bane of the athletic trainer's existence is the banging on their door at midnight, somebody wanting ambient or something to knock themselves out. You know, every year I get a call from some team that's made the playoffs, and they're struggling with their sleep, and I always tell people it's like a city calling an engineer and saying, look, we've run out of water, can you build us a dam? Sure, but not tomorrow. i mean right. it's going to take a while for us to do it, so that's why you know teams really need to start training their players about sleep before there's a problem. Let's talk about how sleep works let's talk about effective ways to get your players so that way you kind of build this sort of bulletproof sleep, meaning you know, I always when I lecture patients or doctors or athletes I always tell them look i'm forty six years old i'm never going to have I'm never going to have insomnia. Because insomnia is a choice. It means that when I go to bed at night and I don't fall asleep right away, you have to be upset by the situation. It's part of the definition. I love being in bed awake. I have no problem with it whatsoever. So the whole concept has no teeth in me. When a player starts to fear, what if I go to bed at night and can't fall asleep right away, you're going to have a real problem with that individual. And these these athletes are prone to it. They're type A individuals, which Mm -hmm. is where insomnia lives. You know the guy who sells hockey sacks at a Grateful Dead concert for a living. Yeah, you know, he's not gonna have a whole lot of insomnia. He doesn't care if he gets in bed at night. He's he's cool with whatever. You know the 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 disciplined type A wants to control every variable. You know, collegiate or college, professional, you know, football player when they they struggle, it can be a real problem. And if your training staff's not equipped to deal with that. That's, that's the real issue. And that's why I feel like you know over time, the training staff, the athletic trainer in a professional sports organization is going to be the sleep doctor. That's why I always tell them when I visit a team, my job is not to Im- implement myself within your organization. It's to train you to be me and then I leave. If you have a serious problem, give me a call. But you're the people who interact with the athletes every day. In fact, I think if, you know in four or five years there'll be chapters in athletic training, you know collegiate textbooks about how to tra- wrap an ankle, how to deal with a you know ACL tear, and then chapter thirty-eight, how to deal with the the athlete with sleep problems. It's going to be their job.
1: Are there lots of teams on the pro and college level that are bringing people like you in, or do you kind of shake your head and go, wow? this is kind of a no-brainer to bring someone like me in? Because, again, everyone's looking at analytics now at every level, whether it's, you know, is my guy going to break down and tear his ACL or is someone getting enough sleep? I would think everyone would be doing this. Are they? Or do you, like I said, shake your head and go, gosh, I can't believe that team's not doing this?
0: That's a great question. So, number one, I think that it's still underutilized. I Hmm. think in 10 years it will be like hydration. Everybody does it. Nobody really thinks that much of it. It's not really a question anymore. I mean, I do think that it is underutilized. I'm always surprised, like when I visit with a team, how few teams have like a like a on staff dietitian or nutritionist. You know, they're part time, or they you know in a college they're sharing it among the entire school, and that guy or that gal is completely stretched too thin. I would think, well, that's a no brainer. You should hire. Several of them, if you don't think nutrition is important for an athlete, you're crazy in twenty nineteen. So right. I, I do think that it's underutilized the other thing that you find is teams approach it in different ways. Some teams will approach it as a box to check. Oh, it seems like sleep's important, so we should get somebody out here to talk about sleep. Right. But then others really embrace it and always try to tell teams, look, Step number one is you're bringing me out not to make massive changes to your team. You're bringing me out almost symbolically to show to your team we value sleep. So when you come into the facility in the morning and you're lifting with the strength and conditioning coach and he says, how are you feeling? And you say, yeah, the past three days I've not been sleeping well. Our organization is not going to view that any differently than you come in and tell him, you know, my hamstring's been really tight. We want to know about it. We want to create a culture within our organization where we not only value sleep, but we want to hear about yours so we can fix it. So that admission is not one of weakness, which still very much exists in in professional and collegiate sports. You know, the coach has got his cot in his office. Yeah, we see it. You're the first one to get there, the last to leave. You only sleep three hours a night. Like, hopefully, that, that symbol of martyrdom is starting to leave. And what you find is the teams that really embrace this, the really progressive thinkers are thinking progressively about a lot of things, not just sleep. So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we stay pretty busy. Um, but I think that there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, and the other thing that's really happening too is this, this area of research is really starting to wake up. I mean, there's really a lot of smart people, way smarter than I am that are, doing the research that we always wished existed a decade ago but didn't. You know, well, I can't tell you if sports teams benefit from X, but I know auto workers, they've done research in sleep and this and have shown X, Y, and Z. So that that's really going away now. And there's also uh, really awesome, smart researchers looking at the way sleep, travel, circadian rhythms, diet affects sleep and athletic performance, which is really a cool field to be a part of.
2: You're listening to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Dr. Chris Winter. We'll be right back after this. One word you wouldn't typically associate with a dress
1: shirt is comfort. However, the folks over at Mizen in Maine are changing this. Their shirts are incredibly comfortable. Mizen in Maine makes dress shirts for men that fixes everything that's ever been wrong with shirts for so long. Their shirts breathe, stretch, and wick away moisture. It's like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for travel. They've taken the hassle out of looking great through wrinkle resistance and the ability to wash your shirts at home. No more last-minute ironing. No more after-work trips to the dry cleaner. It's a shirt that's worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head over to MizzeninMaine.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's com code SBR. I can tell you one thing. I'll be wearing Mizzen and Main dress shirts at all future Sports Business Radio road shows and Sports PR Summit events. I can't wait.
2: Now, back to Sports Business Radio with our guest, Dr. Chris Winter. When you're sleeping,
1: what is your body doing? Because, you know, I've read things. We're making growth hormone. We're We're building muscle. We're doing all these things when we're sleeping. What is our body, especially the elite athlete, what's that body doing when it's getting good sleep?
0: Yeah, so there's the the, the the critical word is good. Um, so you mentioned growth hormones. So a growth hormone, obviously, when you're a little kid, makes you grow. When you're done growing, it's still an incredibly important chemical in our brain that allows us to recover, strengthens bones enhances muscle building and repair keeps our immune system functioning well so prevents you from getting that cold that's going around or if you are unfortunate enough to get it helps you recover more quickly and then prevents you know potentially prevents injury and if you get injured you may help you recover quickly so one of the things I find really interesting in working with teams is you know a guy has a hamstring injury and you talk to the athletic trainer, okay, what do you expect the recovery time to be? You usually get a range. I'm making this up, by the way, so please don't quote me. You know, So, okay, grade two, X injury, we expect anywhere from four to eight weeks. And it's really interesting to kind of put forward the theory, you know, does a player who sleeps better recover faster. And I think most people generally agree absolutely that that's the case. So, you know, when you're looking at growth hormone, it's only secreted in the in the male athlete for the most part, and for the most part, the female athlete too, although they have little periods of secretion during the day nobody really quite understands. It's mainly secreted during deep sleep. Deep sleep happens generally during the first hour or two of your night. So if you're somebody who is routinely going out and and hitting the town and, and kind of sacrificing sleep, as some young athletes do, you are sacrificing every night you do that, your growth hormone secretion. So if it happens once a year, big deal. If it's happening two or three times a night, research would show you that that individual is going to be out of professional sports much faster than the individual who's getting the proper amount of rest. So it's really interesting to look at sleep in terms of recovery and in terms of longevity. I mean, I think that, you know, the ability to be an excellent athlete is great, but what you're looking for is not sort of the height of your arc, but the duration of the arc. I mean, or do you want to be an athlete was great for two or three years and you're to answer some trivia question? Or do you want some sort of long, you know, kind of 13-year career in the sport that you love and has made your profession? And I think that when you look at sleep you often find the key to that not to mention coaches you know they're often the worst when you when you go to the team and you're kind of working with the players the coaches the ones that really are struggling with their sleep so true. um and their health from it i mean when a 20 year old can abuse themselves and still be pretty good the next day but that doesn't last unfortunately <laughs> so it's really about trying to convince a young wealthy Athlete who's always been the best. Yes, you are the best, despite the fact you play Fortnite until 4 o'clock in the morning. Mm. But if you don't change what you're doing in terms of your sleep, this is not going to be your future. Um, and unfortunately, we see that all the time.
1: Big athletes, whether they're current or they're former, the guy who comes to mind for me is Reggie White, who used to play for the Green Bay Packers. And, you know, I've read that sleep apnea contributed to his death. And, you know, I I look at a lot of big athletes and and just big people in general, it seems like they're more apt to have sleep apnea uh, and snore and and things of that nature. What are you doing? Because, again, most of these teams you're working with, these athletes are bigger than the average person. Where does that all come into play?
0: Sure. So you're absolutely right. It is a fair statement to say the larger athlete is more likely to have the condition sleep apnea, which is a simple condition that's an individual who can sleep or they can breathe, but they can't do both at the same time. And they usually are completely unaware of it. So if you're waiting for your patient, your players to tell you they have sleep apnea, it's never going to happen. So in the past, it was never really screened for. That's really changing, particularly at the professional level. Uh, With the teams that we work with, it's changing so much that what we recommend is, look, the ability to diagnose sleep apnea in 2019 is quite easy. Ten years ago, you had to have an in-lab, expensive, kind of cumbersome sleep study. So to get an entire team run through your local sleep lab was an impossible chore. Now, we counsel teams, hey, just pick up a a home sleep study device, and you can start running your players through it, which prevents you know, the the cumbersome nature of the testing, it allows the team to really control privacy. And it's an easy test. Hey, take this thing home, put it around your chest, stick it on your finger. Um, when you go to bed at night, bring it back the next day. Um, and you know, not only are you pre- hoping, hoping you know, to prevent deaths of athletes like Reggie White, let me tell you something. People are dying from sleep apnea all the time. It's rarely put on a death certificate because it's always sort of a contributing factor, but it's a huge uh, cause of cardiovascular events, arrhythmias and deaths in large people every day. But, but you're also improving performance. I mean, the, it's amazing how many sleep apnea patients or, or individuals will be diagnosed on a football team with these devices and for every one of those guys that you treat or get on a CPAP device, just ask them six months later, how do you feel? Look at their times in terms of their running times, their reaction times, their hitting accuracy. Their, you know, all these things have been shown to change when you improve sleep. And some of these guys could be having 70, 90, 100, 10 second or longer breathing problems per hour when they sleep. Wow and you're taking them from 78 breathing problems an hour on Tuesday night to 0.8 breathing problems an hour on Wednesday night, let me tell you something. They may hate wearing that vacuum cleaner on their face, but they're going to come back and tell you a week later they feel like a completely different individual. And we miss these people because they're elite athletes. We don't think of elite athletes as having sleep apnea. We think of Big heavy truck drivers have sleep apnea, and, and they don't. And it's it's a big win when you find this condition in your play in your players. And fortunately, teams are starting to really take that over. And the medical staffs of these teams are saying, "Look, it is worth it to us." to screen our players we can do it all in-house quite easily and they can beam me the results of the sleep study i can read them from my office in charlottesville virginia it's a piece of cake so the, the technology is really advanced to make that much easier and, I, and teams are seeing the benefit of that all the time
1: other advancements in technology if you look ahead in the next few years or maybe even the next 10 years what do you see coming in this area
0: I think for individuals who, either an individual or a team that want more information about sleep, you know, the wearable technology is getting really good. And what I see from my perspective as a sleep specialist, I'm an MD, that it's threatening a lot of you know, sleep specialists who make make their living running their sleep center. We got a twelve bed sleep lab here and you gotta come here, we get insurance from your money to do your sleep study. And now the thing you're wearing on your wrist or on your forehead when you sleep at night, every year gets closer and closer to doing what those expensive, cumbersome in lab studies do. So that the wearable technology is taking leaps and bounds in terms of giving individuals real accurate, um, useful information as to what their sleep is doing. So the bed is getting smarter. The watch is getting smarter. Even the athlete's clothing, you know, can have sensors and things in it that allow, you know, us to measure, are you sweating too much at night? Are you moving too much? is your bed partner contributing to your sleep decline when you sleep at night. So that that to me is a lot of fun to be able to not only speak to a player or a patient but also have them come to you with a month's worth of data on their sleep, which really helps us to you know kind of drill down and make diagnoses and and, and fix problems much more quickly. So to me that's that's really exciting. Just the overall awareness of sleep and allowing people to understand it's not a trait. You know, people in the past say, well, I'm a bad sleeper. Like it was sort of like, I got curly hair, nothing I can do about that. I'm a bad sleeper, nothing I can do about that. But really thinking of it more, less of a trait, and more as a modifiable variable. And it's right up there with nutrition, and athletic training, and conditioning, and sleep. Those are the three big things that an athlete or a team can manipulate. You know, I can't make an athlete taller, you know, but I can make them sleep better, we can feed them better, and we can take care of their bodies better. Um, and I think that the teams are really embracing that because they want to control things they can control. This era of, listen, you leave the training center at you know, 5 o'clock in the afternoon, you're back at 8 o'clock in the morning, do whatever you want to during those hours, that's really disappearing. So teams are able to exert control over that time now more than they ever have before.
1: All right. Last question for you. I know we've discussed a ton during this conversation, but some general takeaways like one, and I need to get better at doing this. Do not have your phone anywhere near you when you're sleeping Two, you know, it sounds like you want to be really specific about what you eat before you go to bed. In other words, if I'm an NBA player, I'm not going out for that steak dinner at Morton's before. I go to bed. Um, And then, you know, like you said, just getting into the right mindset when you're going to go to sleep and not having anxiety around it. Is there anything else?
0: Yeah, I mean, to me, think about your schedule. That's really important, particularly your wake up time. Who cares about your bedtime? Like I always tell people, don't think of a bedtime as when you go to bed. Think of it as the earliest you're allowed to try. So if 11 o'clock is your bedtime and you don't feel sleepy, well, don't go to bed. I mean, if lunchtime rolls around today at noon and you don't feel hungry as your friends are going out to the restaurant nearby, I I wouldn't go. And and more importantly, I wouldn't worry about it. Hey, guys, we're getting ready to go out to eat for lunch. You want to come? No, I'm not that hungry. Oh, dear God, I think I'm starving to death. Nobody thinks that way. They just think, ah, today's, today's Tuesday. I'm not really that hungry for lunch, but I'm sure I'll eat a bigger dinner or whatnot. So, yeah, the anxiety part about falling asleep, forget about that. So if it takes you an hour or two longer to fall asleep tonight, that's fine get up at your regular time. Really adopt that drill sergeant mentality of, hey, Sarge, I slept great last night. Fantastic. It's 5 a.m. Put this backpack on. We're going to go for a 10-mile hike. You know, hey, Sarge, I didn't sleep well last night. Interesting. Put this backpack on. It's 5 a.m. We're going on a 10-mile hike. It doesn't change. That really helps to kind of iron out those inconsistencies with your sleep. Don't be the person when you have trouble sleeping at night, you sleep in like crazy the next day because that really kind of creates problems. I think that... Don't tie yourself into the eight-hour situation. And, you know, for teams in in particular, you know, don't, don't worry so much about the sleep specialist or having Chris come out and talk to your team. Really start to send messages to your team about sleep being important. Install a nap room. You know, take that unused space in your training facility that has no windows and accumulates boxes full of stuff. Pull the boxes out. Buy a couple sleep pads, sleep sleep pods, or even just some recliners, and encourage your your players to utilize that to rest. You know that sends a strong message that wow, the organization bought these really nice recliners for us to go back there and take naps or rest if we need to. So that sends that message that we care about your sleep and, and want you to get the best of it. You know, so you know anything you can do like that symbolically. Um, or talk about if you're, if you're a strength coach, an athletic trainer, you got the player there on the table and you're doing some work on his arm, ask the question, how are you sleeping? It's amazing how how few doctors ask their patients questions specifically about sleep. It's one of the top seven complaints that patients have to their doctors Hmm. can't sleep or feel tired all the time, but they're never being asked. So you just asking the question, is so important for a player to understand that you care about their sleep. And even if you don't know the answer, you're going to work towards finding it for them.
1: Dr. Chris Winter, find his book, The Sleep Solution, Why Your Sleep is Broken and How to Fix It. Find him on Twitter at SportsleepDoc. You can find their practice online at Seaville Neuro and Sleep. Dot com i've wanted to do this show for a long time chris and you know i'm just fascinated by this stuff and after talking to a number of athletes and even a few coaches about this trend it's great to have you on and i hope that you'll join me again in the future on sports business radio
0: anytime i'm glad you find it as, as interesting as i do it's a lot of fun a whole lot more interesting than a knee isn't it, it- <laughs> that's all i tell my orthopedic friends you know sleep is always on the cover of time magazine but the acl i haven't seen on the cover of time magazine yet but maybe it's coming who knows
1: that's true you're listening to sports business radio (laughs) we'll be right back i can't tell you how many times over the years on sports business radio that a pr person is asked to listen in on my interviews with their ceo gm coach or athlete they also want to call us in our studio so that we don't have the phone number of the high profile person who's calling us for our interview Blinder has developed a technology that solves these issues that have existed for years. Use Blinder's unique technology to connect your athlete, coach, or executive's personal phone for any interview without sharing their private information. Remotely control the phone interviews, set start and finish times, monitor online or with the Blinder mobile app, and listen to a recording of the call at any time for complete peace of mind. With Blinder, you're finally in control. The system works globally from any phone line. Scheduling a call takes seconds. Customizable push notifications ensure a connection, and no one needs to download anything to make or receive a call. PR people everywhere should be using this helpful technology. Blinder is now the technology we use for the official guest line for Sports Business Radio. Learn how to start your free trial by visiting blinderhq.com backslash sbradio. Now we're talking. Guests appearing on Sports Business Radio will receive a dress shirt from Mizzen and Maine. It's like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for travel. No more dry cleaning and no wrinkles. It's a shirt that has worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. It's the most comfortable dress shirt I've ever worn. Head on over to MizzenandMain.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's com code SBR. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. And we want to remind you all the great places you can get the Sports Business Radio podcast. We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, Stitcher tune in wherever you get your podcasts you can find sports business radio so download us for on-demand listening subscribe rate and review us as well we always appreciate the reviews follow me on twitter in between shows at SB Radio. follow us on instagram at sports business radio for brian griggs i'm brian berger have a great week and we'll talk to you soon right here on sports business radio